We don't inherit the earth from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. Native American proverb. Earthy Girls is a mother-daughter duo who love the planet and all things green. Raquel is a Dallas-based florist, while Rebecca is a lifelong gardener and artist. Together, they co-create beautiful gift boxes with recycled florals, paper, and wax. Together, they are the Earthy Girls. Hey, Raquel. Hey, Mom. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you today? I'm fantastic. We just hopped off our Zoom call with our guest, special guest in the podcast studio. And I don't know about you, but Raquel, I feel like I'm vibrating a little bit higher. Yes, I am excited for our listeners to hear all about it. I am too. I am too. Because, you know, I guess we can't heal the planet if we can't heal ourselves first, right? Oh, 100%. And I feel like it's going to be a really good conversation, even if people haven't even thought far. They haven't even began their self-awareness journey you know exactly exactly anyways what did you think about our little episode last week well you know I love talking about the planet and nature and the past and evolution and survival the fittest I've always been a Charles Darwin fan you know so I got (laughs) to nerd out for a little bit yes and I really loved how we learned that 80% of Native Americans are directly we are direct descendants from Clovis man I thought that was really a super cool fun fact and also that human beings survived the asteroid that killed off the dinosaurs. I mean, how badass are the human beings that survived that? We're here, you and me, Native Americans, we're still living. (laughs) We're still living and it gives me hope for the future generations that man has overcome so many different things. And yes, it, it really is survival of the fittest. And we human beings, even though we have and are currently facing a lot of worldwide challenges, somehow we have managed to maintain and thrive. It's all exciting information. It's never it's never a boring conversation here in on the Earth of Girls podcast, is it? So anyways, Raquel, what did you do for the planet this week? Well, we are surviving, to be honest. And I like to be uh, honest with our listeners and our followers. My family got hit with the flu last week. So we are just getting back to our normal, healthy selves over here. And I knew it was coming because we had had contact with some people that had it. So I was prepared to ahead of time. I made a lot of soups. I made these amazing immunity bombs that I shared on the Earthy Girls page. I made a reel. For, so if anybody is feeling like they haven't got sick yet and they want to go ahead and make these ahead of time, you can freeze them so that when you are sick, you don't have a lot of preparation. Because that's one of the things, right? When you go down, right. you don't have the energy to heal yourself. So thankfully, my daughter got sick first. So I was able to take care of her. And then in the meantime, I made soups. I made the the flu bombs, and then my husband got sick, and then I went down. So when I went down, no one had to take care of me, right? I already had everything ready. (laughs) I could make myself some tea. I could make myself some soup in the microwave, and I could go back to the couch, right? So preparing ahead of time is essential just in life and in surviving. Survival of the fittest is preparation, and we talk about prepping for, you know, natural disasters. You also can prep for the cold flu and virus. Uh, You know, cold flu and COVID season is what we have right now. So, um, I felt really empowered having all of my natural plant remedies and I was even able to help some friends. I made a big batch of that flu bomb. I didn't need all of it. So I put some in a mason jar, took it to a friend's house for her to freeze 
give to her daughter. She said it helped her and her family get over it a lot quicker. And then she was even able to share it with another friend who's sick now. So um, I loved it. I love that we were just able to share our natural remedies with, you know, our fellow earthy friends and people who are becoming a little bit more earthy. So um, yes. in the meantime, I've been decluttering, taking down holiday decor. So once I started feeling better, I was starting, uh, we couldn't even, you know, we didn't have the energy to go get the boxes out of the attic to take down all the <laughs> holiday stuff. So we are a little behind in that because we were not prepared to get sick. And, you know, you just feel achy. You've got fever. You don't really want to be taking boxes up and down the stairs to the attic. So I've been breaking down the holiday decor, cleaning, looking for mold under our sinks is a really good thing to do right now. This is a great time if you got any stocking stuffers or new products to, you know, start organizing your pantry, organizing underneath your kitchen sink, underneath your, I got some extra gadgets for, for Christmas for the kitchen and for my bathroom. So going in and taking everything out, out of your sinks is a great way. That's actually what the insurance people told me to do when we got black mold the first time was people don't they kind of keep all their clutter around and so they can't see mm -hmm. if they have a leak or if there is mold so taking everything out of underneath your sinks is, is a good thing to do during the winter right now while you're home we're all kind of stuck inside whether you're quarantining from being a little sick or it's just been cold and rainy you don't want to get outside right now and do anything so decluttering is a good thing to do right now look under the sinks for leaks mold and then you can throw out those old products that are either expired or toxic and then you can make room for your healthier system sustainable products. So I've also been working on our ebook that I'm excited to share more about that will be released at the end of this month for pre-sale. So anyone who is interested in just living a cleaner, natural, non-toxic lifestyle, this book and journal will be for you. So that's what I've been doing. What have you been doing, mom? Yes. Agree with everything that you just said and excited for the ebook and being able to share some of our tips and tricks on how to uh, be an earthy girl inside and out. Yes, you're right. It's been very cold very rainy and chilly. Uh, but last week we still were on that, you know, uh, drip your faucet and keep your, uh, you know, your cupboards underneath your sink open. So warm air, warm air can get in there and circulate. So I saved a lot of the dripping water. Uh, you know, I don't have to water any plants right now since we are in the dormant season, but you know, saving the water, of course, for your mom is first and foremost. And uh, since I didn't need to take it outside, I just used the bucket, put it in my bathtub. And when I needed to flush, you know, the mellow yellow, I would use it for that. Not for, you know, the other stuff, but for the mellow yellow. Yeah. So I also cleaned out some old milk jugs and put that water in the bucket on that one nice day that we had last week. And I ran outside and did my grounding and got my sunshine on that one nice day we had. Uh, but I also poured that uh, water that was from those milk jugs out on some of my trees, uh, hoping that maybe there was a little calcium in there that could help them withstand the frigid temperatures. And, you know, I've been really good with my coffee grinds and my eggshells. I just have an old McDonald's uh, sweet tea cup I keep under my cupboard. It's plastic. I just dump all the grinds in there. I dump the eggshells. I use a little spoon or spatula and smash them down, add more. And then when I can go outside, I take it to the greenhouse and I have a container where I just kind of stash all that. And I mix it in with my perlite and my also my plant food to kind of give them some extra free, you know, extra free vitamins and, you know, potassium and calcium. So that's pretty much 
what I've been doing because like you said, it's been so cold and then we got the rain and it's just, it's really not, you know, fun to go outside. So I gave everybody on that one nice day, like I said, I gave them all a little sprinkle of eggshells and uh, cow and the, uh, the caffeine. So I feel like that kind of bolstered them. I was a little bit worried about my plants that I have wrapped because we, you know, I think we were under freezing for 10 straight days, Raquel, which is unusual for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not used to those type of frigid temperatures. And, you know, actually last week, the whole state of Texas, Raquel, the whole state was frozen. Uh, so the Texas tundra is here to stay, which that is a direct result of climate change, because that's not our normal climate. So remember, we did have that really good episode about what's the difference between weather and climate. And weather is day to day, but climate is your long term uh, projection for how you, you know, how your seasons are. And our winters typically are not as severe as we've had since the last three years. We've got, we've seen an uptick in not only hotter summers here, but much more frigid winters. Mm-hmm. So like you said, yeah, like you said in last week's podcast, some of your friends are like, I can take the heat, but I can't take cold because it's not our norm. So, yeah, you know, we- our bodies aren't used to this. We don't have, you know, our blood's a little bit thinner being down here in Texas because <laughs> we need to be when it's 110 degrees. We had a very, very hot summer. So I think that it's important to get outside. I also made myself get outside last week when the sun was out, even though it was sunny and it was so cold. I still made myself go out. I did a few minutes of grounding. Me too. Got outside too. with the chicken and got a little bit of vitamin D. So if you do tend to get the winter blues during the winter time, like a lot of us Texans do, make sure you are taking some extra vitamin D supplements and Mm -hmm. just getting outside even for, you know, 10 or 20 minutes if you can. Even if it's overcast, you are still going to get some UV rays that you need to be able to synthesize that vitamin D. Yes, I'm quite shocked. Uh, Earlier this week, I think Monday, I saw one of the mainstream chainment shows and they had a guest on there, Raquel. Uh, Some guy, he calls himself Rad Human or something, something like that. He's got a podcast and he was preaching our message. He was preaching about how we we do need sunshine uh, every day. We do need to ground every day. We do need breath work every day. And when we're not getting our vitamin, our free vitamin D with with the sunshine, uh, yeah, we have to pop a few of those supplements. So I actually had to do that. I was grateful that I had, I was like, don't I have some D3 right here? Yeah, I was running around, I have a sprayer and I spray everybody. I'm like, open your mouth spray a little vitamin D and we did I made I made sure my kids got outside even though it's a little cold I'm like we still have to go out there it's sunny just for a few minutes and get some sunshine so I'm excited to talk about some other ways to heal today gonna be a great show it's gonna be a great show Aaron Washburn is from Ascension Wellness and he is going to be in the podcast with us here in just a few moments so y'all stay tight and get your pens and pencils ready and a little paper if you want to take some notes we've got some great information and tips and tricks to share with you in just a few moments. Erin Washburn is an emotional healer and educator who uses two neuroscience processes, such as neuro-linguistic programming and body language translation, to assist his clients with their emotional regulation so that they in turn can avoid burnout and cope with day-to-day stressors on the job. He is here on the podcast with us today to explain his techniques. Please welcome Aaron Washburn. 
Raquel, I am so excited today. We have a special guest in the podcast. We have Aaron Washburn from Ascension Wellness. And you know, we're all about wellness here on the Earthy Girls podcast. So I want to give him just a real quick brief. We are both, all three of us are not medical practitioners. We're not doctors. Uh, so this is based on our own experience and what we believe in. And so Aaron, this is a science-based podcast. So we really want to try and use as much scientific information as possible for our listeners. And when I was researching this topic, which by the way, I believe there is actual value in it and there is actual healing results that are done with these techniques, it kind of falls under the umbrella of psychiatry, psychology. But I also know that you are a hypnotist as well as a practitioner of NLP. Before we go into those questions, Aaron, we want to welcome you to the podcast and thank you for joining us. Thank you for being with us today. Yes. Thank you so much. This is very exciting. Okay. Yes, Aaron. Thank you. So, all right, here we go with the big science words, neuro-linguistic programming. It's been around for, you know, since the 1970s and it's very popular in the self-help genre. However, the research in the medical community, they have kind of mixed reviews on it. Like I said before, I believe in it. So what's the difference between body language translation and neuro-linguistic programming? Really good question to start us out. Uh, neuro-linguistic program, programming is a way to identify the language that you're using that's connected with your words. So anytime we have any scratches or any itches, especially when you're communicating with somebody else, when you have a scratch and itch and they have a scratch and itch right after, um, that goes into um, kinesthetic rapport there as well, where you're in yeah. rapport with someone. It's the mirror neurons. Yeah, mirror. Yeah. Um, is, is a way to identify um, what what their language is associated to their belief systems. And then you get to use that linguistics um, to help them reframe their belief systems. The difference is between neurolinguistic programming and body language translations is body language translations goes deeper into um, static body language and dynamic body language. Static body language being, if someone hasn't felt their feelings for a long time, feelings buried alive never die. So emotions are energy and motion. If you don't feel your emotions, it's gonna get stuck somewhere in your body. And when it gets stuck, we call that static body language. So for example, if you're feeling triggered and you feel tightness in your throat or tightness in your chest or tightness in your stomach, there's a specific area that feeling shows up in. And with body language translations, you get to translate what's going on because your subconscious takes everything literally. So with body language translations, your body is like a dashboard in a car, letting you know what's going on underneath the hood. The same thing for our body. So I get to translate. Someone's having tightness here. That's where sorrow, sadness, and grief shows up. I get to translate if there's sorrow, sadness, grief shows up in the chest. That's where fear and anxiety shows up. So then we get to identify it. And most people, you'll, you'll feel that heart or your chest lock up. Whenever you mm -hmm. feel a lot of fear and anxiety, especially in the stomach too, that's where yes. it shows up. You have tension in your shoulders. Your subconscious takes everything literally. So we get to identify the tension in the shoulders and then translate that where if you take away the, the L-E-R-S from shoulders, it'll be should. I should have done that. I should be doing this. I should do that. Um, so we carry a lot of burdens there. Lots of burdens there. Lots of burdens. Um, and then I get to use neurolinguistic programming and in the body language field of using conscious language to elicit those emotions that you've been suppressing for a long time. So then you get to bring that stuck energy back into energy and motion with love using conscious language. A lot of us has 
have um, um, went away from conscious language and into unconscious language because the words that we say, our body listens and our body is a servant of our thoughts and our words. So using conscious language, like I give myself permission to feel my feelings about sorrow, sadness and grief and it's okay. We then start to cry it out. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the difference. Neurolinguistic programming, body language translations, body language translations dives deep into where the feelings show up in the body. Neurolinguistic programming gives me an idea of what their belief system is based off of the language that they're using. So Aaron, I, this is fascinating to me because, you know, I noticed that when I am feeling grief over like the passing of my brother, I notice that I will, and it'll, it, because I feel like I'm suppressing it, I don't want to cry. So it gets lodged right here. So when I was listening to your other interviews and you said, should and I remember, oh my God, I do that to myself on my shoulders. And then I carry my grief here and here too. Mm -hmm. It's 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 just a fascinating topic, but you know you work primarily with nurses and RNs, uh, CNAs, and your mother was a nurse before she left the the earthly plane. Do you feel like you attracted those because of her? And then tell us how you work with them specifically, because those guys are on the first, you know, they're first responders, really. Yeah. You know, they are. And so they incur a lot of stress, a lot. And they, uh, especially I think if they're imp impasse to begin with, they, mm -hmm. don't they absorb a lot of the pain that they see? I'm going to hop in yeah. actually, mom. You kind of <laughs> okay. I want to stay on because I'm, I'm learning, right? I'm, uh, Aaron, yeah. it's great to have you on this show. And we're jumping into these big works like neuro-linguistic programming. But what, I know that you're a practitioner, that's what NLP stands for, but you're a, you're a hypnotist too, right? Like how does that all work? And I think we're kind of jumping ahead. I don't even really know what that is as someone who's like on our show, who's earthy, who's getting into natural healing. Before we jump in at who your clientele is, what is it? I mean, what is it other than looking at our body language and looking at, you know, our sub uh, subconscious, how we're translating what's inside and out. Tell us a little bit about what is a hypnotist and I want to know. Very good. Very good question. Um, hypnosis. Hypnosis is a heightened sense of focus. Um, so let's say, you know, we got those brainwave states, right? We got the, the beta, the alpha, the theta, and then delta. We mostly operate in alpha and beta. Uh, we're always having thoughts run through our heads. So with hypnosis, it's a state of deep relaxation and focus. So deep relaxation and focus at the same time allows you to calm the thoughts in your head. And when you calm the thoughts in your head, you also calm your body. And it's vice versa. Your body calms down and your thoughts calm down, your head calms down. So hypnosis, what it does is it allows your brain to relax, entering the theta state, like almost the state before delta, or which it is, um, before you go to sleep, right? And you notice when you're going to sleep, um, when your eyes close, you take, take away the distractions, and then you start to not hear anything when you're falling asleep. Your breathing starts to slow down, and then everything just... You just focus and you're in a dreamlike state. Mm -hmm. So anytime that I um, put someone under in, in a trance, that's essentially what happens where they're so calm and so relaxed that they can't really hear anything around them, almost as if they're sleeping. So my words start to become their reality. Uh, and utilizing body language translation of neurolinguist programming, um, you get to use language that induces that trance. For, and to make this even a better example is when you watch a movie, you're in hypnosis because mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. actors are the best hypnotists in the world because you're so involved in that movie 
and you have your spouse calling your name four times and you don't realize it until, oh, oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. That's because you're so absorbed into that movie. Um, so that's a really good way to explain um, hypnosis right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, Aaron. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try to explain a little bit to Raquel. I did a breath work uh, workshop last Thursday. That was for an hour and she put us in a near, she put us in a theta state uh, with just this breath work technique and she had music and she had her words behind us. And I was able to excavate a lot of pain since when I was like six and seven years old that's how mm -hmm. deep she went with the breath work and I had to bring myself back because I was on su such a focus with her technique that I could actually feel the fear that I felt as a child and then I was I had to remind myself and my husband was freaking out because I would say I would pat my heart and I say this is only temporary this is only temporary because I was actually feeling those feelings that I had as a six and seven year old child. It was so, and I was able to release a lot of it. And the next day I was just like, Oh my God, I went to bed late, but I'm up early and I feel a lot more free because I had released some of that. So is that kind of what you do with your clients is help them to release some of that burden and baggage that emotional burdens, emotional baggage that we carry. Yes. Good breath, Raquel. That was good breath right there. <laughs> uh, so you you explained it perfectly. Anytime I'm having a conversation with somebody and they start talking about their past, they're in hypnosis. Because in a, in this conversation right here, if, if I'm having a conversation with somebody and they keep thinking about something in the past or something else that's bothering them, they're not here present. They're in that reality. They're in that past experience. Because uh, what happens is um, these are the three concepts that I like to talk about all the time is concept number one is our mind can't tell the difference between the future. It's just your imagination or the past. It's just your memories. And so our body will always experience it as if it's happening right now again. So anytime a past experience comes up, we're going to feel that in our body. That's why every time we feel triggered, a memory comes up from our past and we feel that in our body. If we think about a future outcome, we're still going to feel those experiences in our body right now. So that tells us that if we're seeing a picture in our head or moving our head, no matter what, our mind is going to think it's happening right now. And we're going to feel that in our body. So the past experiences that we continue to retell our story, if we don't regulate it or re-record our past experience, then we're going to recondition our body to feel that same pain. So mm -hmm. what happens is concept number one is you can't tell the difference between the future or your past. Concept number two is we get to be the parent to that child that that child needed during that time where we didn't have that version or that ideal parent to talk to us in that way. So then you get to walk up to that version of yourself and just hold space, allow yourself to feel those feelings that you've been running away from for so long. And then as you do that, you shift that recording, that memory emotionally and it causes concept number three, which is a butterfly effect. Now that you've done that, you no longer have triggers and reactions that no longer serve you anymore. You now have the responsibility, which is the ability to respond to events um, that keep coming up similar to last year. So then it, it gives us that opportunity because if we react the same way as we do, as we did last year, we're gonna get the same results. If we respond a new way than we did last year, we're gonna get new results this year. So that's what hypnosis is, is anytime someone's in an emotional state, 
They're perceiving and seeing life through the lens of that past experience of themselves. So now they're seven years old living in a 30-year-old body. Um, so anytime I'm having a conversation with somebody and they're back in their memory, they're in hypnosis. I just have them close their eyes and then walk them through this this process. That's why so many people are anxious. Their bodies are think their mind is thinking about their future, but their body's feeling it. That that yes. is I've never seen it or just heard it put that way. So it makes it a lot more um, relatable, you know. And I raised Raquel with the phrase, which is real popular to still to this day, is when you approach another human being, be very careful because you don't know what they're feeling, what their filters are, what their past is, what their past experiences, just because they look a certain way on the outside, we don't know mm -hmm. what's on the inside and what they're carrying. And so be very careful when you approach a human being to always try to approach them with compassion. So you're a very compassionate person. You're a very empathetic person and you're involved. And this is your, your journey of, of helping people to heal. And here on the earthy girls, we are into natural ways uh, because we understand the mind-body connection. And we understand that at some level, everything that we need is within us. And we want to take the focus and the emphasis more on tools that we can, you know, add to our own toolkit tool to help us heal, whether it's, you know, uh, Raquel studying, studying herbalism. I use mm -hmm. high frequency. I use breath work. I use a lot of things to heal myself. Uh, and, and one of the things I love what you started with in one of the other podcasts was you start with the awareness, the awareness. So talk to us about how that's crucial because Raquel and I are all into self-awareness. Self-awareness is very crucial because you can't start any healing process or any changes in your life if you're not aware that you need to. So awareness is, is beautiful because, uh, with, with people that haven't felt their feelings in a long time, uh, they might not even know what they're feeling at the moment. So if they're feeling a lot of anger, but they're feeling tension in their in their throat, the underlying emotion from anger um, and this tension here in the throat, they're feeling sorry or sorry, sorrow, sorrow sadness and grief because of, mm -hmm. uh, and then because maybe they didn't feel misunderstood or maybe they didn't feel understood. So now they're just really actually feeling sad and they express that to them. Hey, I feel sad. I'm not really angry. I'm just, I'm sad. Um, so awareness able to identify and being aware of your where the emotions show up awareness alone is love and love mm -hmm. is the most powerful force in this world mm -hmm. so if you have the awareness then you become the observer of your thoughts and your feelings and when you're the observer of your thoughts and your feelings you are on you are not your thoughts and you are not your feelings you become the observer of it yes. observation awareness is love so even if you don't know what to do in that moment at least then you can hold space by being aware and when you hold space by being aware it already starts that process because you're transmuting that energy in your body from grief into love and love will just start um, the process of restoring balance and harmony so that's why awareness is very powerful because without awareness we don't know that we need to change and mm -hmm. uh, with awareness then we're touching love to those parts of us that just wants to be seen heard and loved oh when God. i hear you talking a lot about uh subconsciously you know like our trauma from the past right and how that affects our current health so somebody um, almost, you know, I'll be honest because we are upfront earthy girls, someone like myself, who's experiencing a lot of physical pain. I know that you talk about how your past trauma can affect your current health. So it's not like you said, it's not 
the past. It's just how we record it. So what are some tools that people can do to kind of ease up on their current health situation? They're going into a full hypnosis and just kind of going back and thinking about that trauma. Or like you said, actually going back in. I've watched some of your videos, just feeling right. Allowing yourself to feel the things that happened in the past. Can you do that as a 37 year old? Can I go back to my seven year old self? I know I hear mom talking about her past (laughs) child and her inner child. And that may be a new concept to somebody that your past, that your past affects your current health, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, If you ever read the book, I got to remember his name, but the book is uh, called uh, The Body Keeps a Score. And he explains it's powerful. Um, So anytime that someone and um, every emotion, emotions are vibration as well. So it's going to have a vibrational signature to it. So if you're bearing that depression, you're bearing that grief, grief is going to be vibrating in that organ. And the longer it stays there, it goes from at ease to dis-ease. Okay. Um, I have this book called My Word Made Flesh. It's the Body Language Translations book. And it, it explains all of the health symptoms that people experience. Like if it's Crohn's disease, there's a lot of grief that's being stuck there for a long time. And when you transmute that grief, then um, your body starts to restore that balance and harmony. Uh, so to start out by talking to that inner child and then, and then helping your body start to restore balance and harmony so you don't feel that pain, you can start out by feeling. So for example, if you're feeling triggered, most people run away from that trigger or distract themselves from it. Mm-hmm. So then um, just to make this easier, I, I started this new process from doing this with a client is every trigger that comes up is an opportunity to heal from our past version of ourselves. So any yes. trigger that comes up, yeah, every trigger that comes up is a past version of ourselves that just wants to be seen, heard, and loved. Yes. The more we run away from that version of ourselves to turn our back, the less trust we'll have within ourselves each time we do it. So now... Of course, it's going to be hard, especially with people that haven't done it for a long time. But the more you familiarize with that emotion, you're familiarizing, familiarizing with that past version of yourself. It's through rebuilding that trust. And chemically, it'll only last 90 seconds. So it's not going to last forever. So hopefully that helps you out. Chemically, it only lasts 90 seconds. Uh, so then when a trigger comes up, identify where that trigger is at in your body. Place your left or right hand. And I like to have this analogy here or this metaphor if you split your body in half, left side is the receiving feminine side, right side is the masculine doing side. So if you needed that ideal version of the parent in your past experience that wasn't there, you can place your left hand as a mother figure where you find that tension in your body. And then you can close your eyes and then you can just say out loud, I see you, I hear you, and I love you. And then if you needed a masculine figure in your life during that time and he wasn't there, then you can place your right hand wherever you feel that tension tightness in your body. I see you, I hear, and I love you. That tension will go away or it'll move somewhere in your body. Might move to your throat. I see you, I hear, and I love you. You might need both. So then you can place both your hands on top of each other to be that beautiful, ideal version of your parents. And then I see you, I hear you, and I love you. And most likely what happens is you might break down because there's going to be an association of a memory of that past version of yourself that looks scared and closed up and hidden or they can start seeing some light coming from you just by saying that and then you'll start to feel more expansive and then that's when you can have an inner dialogue with yourself i always say to a client i never say it for them i always say um when you walk up to that version of yourself and you look into their eyes 
how do their eyes look and feel? They say sorrow or they say like scared, sad. Mm -hmm. And then I tell them to walk up to them, give them a hug. If it's okay, some of them feel resistance in doing that. Mm -hmm. They give them a hug and they say, um, they hold space. I give myself, I give you permission to feel sadness in my body and it's okay. I give you permission to feel scared. I give you permission to feel taken advantage of in my body and it's okay. They hold space for that. We got to transmute that first before giving an affirmation because affirmations are affirming their current belief system. So it's an affirmation that's not affirming their belief system. You're going to feel resistance. So you got to hold space yes. for that negative feeling first. Mm -hmm. And then now that um, we held space for that, then I say out loud to them, and you can do this when you're doing this on yourself, is you know, not me, you know exactly what to say to that version of yourself that needed to hear it during that time. Mm -hmm. So whenever you say it for yourself, whenever the nervous system creates it, it accepts it. So now she's saying, it's not your fault. It's okay. It's okay to feel this way. It's not your fault. And then she can ask some affirmations in there for herself. You are powerful. You are loved. You are seen. You are heard. And then after that, she then places her hands on the shoulders, looks into the eyes. And then I'll ask, now you have said that, look into the eyes now. Tell me how they look and feel. And then from that moment, they start laughing. They're like, she's smiling. She's smiling. And then they see the eyes just radiate. And they say, she feels love. She feels hurt. She's feeling her emotions in her body. We're feeling it in our body, so we're healing it. We may think that that's a past version of ourselves feeling it, but it's actually it's in our body. And we're feeling it in our body. So that means she's already automatically healing. Gives her a she absorbs it into her heart and then they become one. And then now that past memory has changed to where you've been yelled at by her dad. So now she sees that smile on her face, which changes the personality, which changes their personal reality, as Jordan Spencer says. And mm -hmm. uh, so that that is a powerful process. I know that's a lot. But the first thing that we can do just to start out is every time we feel triggered, identify where you feel it in your body. You can use your left hand or right hand or both as masculine, feminine energy hold space. Mm -hmm. I give myself permission to feel fear in my body and it's okay. Um, or whatever it is that you feel. And I have a chart too for you guys can hand out to your audience. Well, that concludes the first part of our interview with Aaron Washburn from Ascension Wellness. Please come back next week as we continue the conversation. And yes, we get into some very personal, deep, and intimate stories. And yes, I may have shed a tear or two. And you do not want to miss the moving story of how Aaron watched his mother take her last breath and how that started him on this journey. Perfect. That was good. Okay, awesome. All right. Have a great day. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye. The Earthy Girls are here to inform, encourage, and inspire you to take that one small step for our planet. If you like this podcast, leave us a review. If you love it, download it and share it with a friend. And leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And y'all stay earthy. Earthy.